Hey, yo, guys, what's going on? This is Two. This is Daddy Man, John Cena. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? This is Word to the Blurred with Pop and Two. Filling in for Khalid. All right, all right, all right, all right. How you making out? I'm doing well, and yourself? I'm making it, man. I can't complain. I could, but it ain't going to do neither one of us any good. How was your day today, sir? Yeah, it was a day. I had work, yeah. but it was cool. I'm just happy to be doing this. I was looking forward to to doing some recording with you. Um, and I was looking the same also. Dope, dope, dope. I really couldn't wait. I, you know, you did one with Khalid, and you guys did a really good job with that one. And I was hoping you and I would get a chance to do it. So here we are. Here we are. So let's get down to it, dog. Um, did you read uh, Batman 86? Yes, I did. What did you think about it? I'm going to have to reread that run again. I just, I don't know what, I have a big question about it. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was interesting. And I think Batman really realized that he can be Batman and still have the happiness of Catwoman. I think he realized the importance of Alfred as being his father and Thomas Wayne from the multiverse who tried to. Where in the multiverse is he from, sir? Um, I, I don't know. I don't remember. Flash, <laughs> Flashpoint. Flashpoint tried to make Bruce Wayne his surrogate son. So uh, I just thought it was a good series. I enjoyed the um, Bane, the character. He wasn't a power. He was a thinker. You know, I, I mean, it was totally different from what Bane, when he was originally created, was, which was just a guy stuck on Venom, and he was the plotter. Pop, what is Venom? Because, you know, some people may not know what it is. Venom is the super juice that um, Bane uses to get stronger. It's pretty much a, a steroid. Um, and what else? What, what else did you talk about that that viewers, that viewers, that listeners might need to know about? So, um, Bane, as we talked about, was one of the main villains. But the main villain was Thomas Wayne, which was Batman's father. Right, who was the manipulator of all this. And he wanted his son to have happiness. But when you go back and review um, the whole Flashpoint thing, mm -hmm. and uh, he gives Barry Allen a letter to his son or the person that he's making his son, Thomas Wayne of our universe, saying, um, I want you to be happy. I want you to do the things that you know. I, I thought that was a good segue back to the whole Flashpoint universe. Okay. So for those of you guys who don't know, Flashpoint was a story that was written by Jeff Johns that uh, kind of, it was like a final or a crisis where it helped reboot the DC comic books universe into the new 52. But they also used a similar line in Flash, the TV series, because in Flashpoint, Barry goes back to save his mother and to change his life. And it has so uh, such repercussions. And um, that was, was an interesting read, an interesting story. So Flashpoint is a story that came out in 2011, which was a crossover story arc published by DC Comics, consistent, uh, consisting of core limited series and number of tie-in titles. So you had um, Flashpoint with The Flash. You had Flashpoint Batman, Flashpoint Superman. So pretty much Flashpoint was when Barry Allen, like Pops was saying, went back in time to stop. Um, Eobard Thorne, the reverse Flash, from killing his mother. Right. And so with him doing that, set off a chain of events which changed uh, that universe forever. 
at that point. Um, you had Batman, who was Thomas Wayne. In that reality, Bruce Wayne was killed instead of Thomas and Martha dying. So Thomas and Martha survive, and Bruce Wayne dies. And so Thomas becomes Wayne Batman. becomes Batman. And Martha Wayne becomes Joker. Right. Um, so during this... Um, and dur- then you also had a war between Aquaman and the Amazons. Mm-hmm. You know, it, so... Um, I mean, though that was the stuff that I remember, and people were fighting, and the Amazons were just taking over the world. Right. So that ended up with that universe completely vanishing. Flash goes, runs back in time to to stop himself from stopping Eobard Thawn from killing his mother, and then he wakes up, and then um, that's when everything resets. Uh, that's when we have the new 52, which takes right. place right before Rebirth. And Rebirth come, starts, what, 2014? I think so. So Rebirth happens from 2014. So new 52 is from 2011 up to 2014. Right. Um, so it was a two-year experiment. Right. Which wasn't very successful except for... Um, Batman. T- yeah, Batman. And initially, um, Grant Morrison's action Superman wasn't that bad. It was a whole totally reboot of Superman, taking him back to his prime essence of when he comes back and, you know, him being the Avenger. Because I think if you read Superman back... In the 1930s. Yes, Superman was was a real ass kicker um, and, and, and like, sort of Batman-esque in his approach. Okay. Um, so, tying everything back from Flashpoint into Tom King's run... Um, Thomas Wayne Batman somehow finds his way onto the rebirth of the quote-unquote New 52 Rebirth Earth. Right. And he works with Bane to play mind games with Batman. Right. Okay. Because he wants Batman to find happiness and joy, you know, and that was the whole thing. Um, so what he had to do was just break Batman, convince him that he wouldn't have been a good Batman. So Thomas Wayne's Batman on the multiverse in his w- world is really, uh, he's Batman who carries a gun, who kills, who, you know, is everything that Bruce Wayne, Bruce isn't. Wayne isn't. So you really aren't aware of Thomas's um, involvement until towards the end of the series. Okay. Um, what did you think about it overall? And what were some of your favorite volumes? Okay. I think I had mentioned to you that I Am Bane is also good. Well, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. I Am um, Suicide, where he goes and he steals the Phantom King because he's trying to help the young lady, um, Gotham girl, mm-hmm. who is still grieving the loss of her brother, Gotham. And just to help her out. So that whole concept of going in and taking um, Psycho Pirate from um, Bane, the island that he was on, and bringing him there. Um, I think War of Jokes and Riddles was also a good series in which he's sharing this with um, his early part of his career with um, Catwoman and say, I'm not the man that you think I am. I kind of screwed up. I have a a, a goat, a, a shadow in my closet. Um, I also like the part where he introduces Catwoman to Damien's mother and they fight, but then they she realized that she likes Catwoman and thinks that she's appropriate. She gives him the stamp of approval. Uh, I also enjoyed where 
Bruce Wayne is on the jury. And um, it takes place after issue 50 when Catwoman <coughs> decides, you know, calls off the wedding. And Batman goes a, a bit bonkers, to be honest with you, and is terrorizing people. And he beats up um, Frost. And they're in a jury and they're deciding... Um, you know, if Mr. Free should go free because Batman didn't really take into account um, if what he's doing was right or wrong and if there was enough evidence to really convict Mr. Freeze. And this is, and I remember that this is the couple issues where Bruce Wayne starts to try to figure out if Batman is as effective for Gotham as he thought he was. Right. And that's all part of, and you not really realize until you get to City of Bane of um, the impact that he, has. that he has and Thomas Wayne's involvement in all this. So Thomas, I, also what I, I like is that it kind of ties up the whole Thomas Wayne because there's a part in there where Thomas kicks the shit out of out of Bruce Wayne and says you could never be Batman and this and that and you know that was part of him breaking Batman and Batman is kind of confused to some extent because he realized that hey this is my father I'm looking at it but towards the end the last issue in 86 he realized this man isn't his father and he realized that Alfred is his father and he realized that he could be Batman and be happy because essentially when you read um, issue 50, Catwoman is saying um, she buys into the whole thing that a happy Batman isn't going to be a productive Batman. And that's the whole, that's the crux uh, of the issue. I also think that Batman, you, you see him coming. And if you read it from issue one to this, you see him that he's dealing with himself mentally and you see that um, Batman evolves. And I think a lot of people weren't ready for that. I don't think they were dealing with a Batman and the psychological aspects of, um, of, of Batman and his growth as a character. It's almost like growing up as a kid and people still see you as a little kid. Still sees you as a little kid and doesn't acknowledge that you become adult. And I, I really enjoyed the run. I think it could have been shortened by some stories here and there. But by and large, I, I enjoyed it. Okay. As a whole, I thought uh, it was an amazing run. I think you and I talked about it earlier when, um, you know, we talked about how it challenges challenged the readers in certain, in certain aspects. Like, for instance, the Nightmare Run, where <laughs> it went just too damn long. Um, the nightmare run is when Batman pretty much was um, tied into this machine where he was dreaming. Like they, they were just pretty much trying to take Bruce off the board, period. And the only way that he was able to wake up and, and stop himself from being in the machine was he had to kill himself. And I thought that it was interesting because it's, it's like one of those things where it's like in order for you to live or to change, you have to let the old self, your, your old self die in a sense, in order for you to wake up and do what you have to do. Because not before, prior to that issue, he was depressed. Right. You know, he wasn't sure exactly what was his purpose and what the hell he was going to do and how he was going to move next after he got left at the altar, you know, for the most part. Right. And I think the issue, nightmare issue, was good because then you started to see that Batman mentally 
was so far advanced that he had created these games to let him know that he was dreaming, right? That he was dreaming and to protect himself mentally. That was part of his training to keep himself, you know, from slipping or, you know, falling into the conditioning that they were breaking down. And then you, he's dealing with his own issues. You get to see Batman seeing a cat woman and then getting old together, you know, and it was kind of dealing with those issues. But I mean, it's like people say in the street, you got to put in the work and read it. And I, I think people read comics now and they, they want to read it and enjoy it while they're sitting on the toilet taking a shit. You know, <laughs> I want you to wrap shit up for me when I, I'm done shitting so I, I can move forward. I got you. I think um, overall, I, like I said, I liked it. I liked in the first volume, which was I Am Gotham, where it deals with Batman's mortality. Right. Um, so in the in the first volume, in the first issue, it starts off with a bang. Um, oh, you mean when he's on top of the plane? Airplane, right? And he's like, "Well, fuck it, I'm gonna die." You know, you know. Let me save this, and yeah, that that was. And I'm then gonna you have get to saved. That. You got you get saved by Gotham and Gotham Girl, right? And you see, like, he's like, "Oh wow, there can be you know people that take on after me after I'm gone." You start to see him start to kind of plan a life after Batman. You start to see those seeds kind of planted. Well, I never thought about it. I, I think that's an excellent way of putting it. Um, and then when you go into I Am Suicide, which is, I think, volume two, volume two kind of struggles with Batman trying to, he takes on Gotham Girl after her brother Gotham passes away. Right. And he's trying to figure out how he can best help her, which is using the Psycho Pirate to kind of calm her down after being driven insane prior to all this going on. So then you have Batman still trying to... Um, fight his own mortality and also try to do what he believes is good. And then you reconnect with Selena Kyle in this, in this. But run. also going back to um, I am Gotham is that whole concept of being a hero because their powers, even though they're powerful, if they use their power, they it shorten their life. Right. And I think that's, too. that's the whole getting the whole issue of your purpose in life and how you live your life. Mm-hmm. And um, I, wow, thank you. I, I didn't think about that the first time. It took, that, it took me about it. two reads to get that. I read volume one twice because I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, when I remember, I think. So you, you must have taken a lot of shits question. to read that. No, I, I also have it on my phone. Okay. Um. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. What's up? What are you reading? Currently? Um, damn, I'm reading a lot. I'm reading Lois Lane, uh, which is the 12 issue Max. Is series. that written by Greg Rucker? Yeah. Okay. I like Greg Rucker as a writer. Um, I have a few of his books. I like his Lazarus, um, which is with Image. And um, Queen and Country was the Omni book, which is in trade. Yeah. I mean. What else am I reading? I had to think about it because I'm I'm looking on my phone right now to see, um, and yes, Queen. I'd never read Queen and Country, and I need to get into it. And it's based on a character that was created in his Whiteout series, which is a great run if you get a chance to read Whiteout. Okay. All right. So I and they some, did a movie on it. I got some for you. Yeah. So I am reading Action Comics, as you know. Okay. I'm reading Detective Comics. I'm reading Flash. I'm reading Red Hood and the Outlaws. Like, I pop in and out of that one. I pop in and out of Batman Beyond. As I told you, I'm, I'm reading Lois Lane. That, that I didn't expect to like as much as I did. Um, it makes Lois Lane a detective. 
you know, and you really get to see her as a detective during the Leviathan run. Okay. Um, and with yeah, that was one, a good. A lot of really people good. didn't. I enjoyed that it series. Was really good. Yeah, but then you had the character that I think if you have, um, I'm going to tell you if you get a chance, we. Um, a renewed DC universe, you'll be able to see who Mark Shore is because he the is manhunter. right. He is the manhunter. You can read some of his stuff. There's a woman manhunter, Kate Spade, who takes who over. Takes right over. After. But in when you read that series, you see Mark Shore, and I remember Mark Shore. Okay, I, I'm also reading, and I, I I did enjoy Leviathan, but also um, I do read Marvel from time to time. So currently from Marvel, I'm reading some of their Star Wars stuff. I'm reading Miles Morales' Spider-Man. I'm in love with what they're doing with the X-Men right now. Really? Yes. Is that the... Um, Jonathan Hickman, Hickman is kicking ass. Like, I love the X-Men. Like, I love the X-Men from when I was a kid. <laughs> exactly. And it's it's, it's fucking great. Um, the mutants are have their own island. They have their own government. Charles Xavier is a badass, and he's walking, and he carries his own fucking cerebral mask. It's fucking dope. It's really great. Oh, man. You're going to make me have to want to read it. But you have well, to. Well, I have it on the app, so you can just read it. No, they also have, whatchamacallit, I can get it on um, oh, a Comicology. They did a book where they combined The all. House of X and the Powers of yes. X. You're, yeah, definitely read those before you dump, jump into the X-Men And series. I think I have one of the issues... Both those issues here, number one here, but I have not had a chance to read it. Definitely read it because Moira, Moira, Moira Mataggart okay. yes. is a definite and a permanent fixture in that, at least in that run. Okay. And then with that going on, when they get their own island and their, I guess their own uh, country, they're able to do like X-Force is like the, the CIA or the SEALs, you know, and the X-Men okay. is like the diplomatic security attache force to charles xavier and magneto and apocalypse and guys for those of you guys who know about apocalypse he's good now apocalypse um, is good yeah you got i'm telling you pop you gotta you gotta check it out i'm also reading uh in terms of trade i'm reading tales of the batman by jerry conway i'm actually enjoying jerry tales conway. of the batman yeah Jer- uh, by okay a- is that what they introduced Roscoe? uh that's in volume one okay so let me see because i know that i have this one. Okay, I got that. But I also have in the in the closet. Yeah, you, you have a couple inherit. things. Yeah, I have um that's like the tales of the, of the Batman in terms of where they introduce Roscoe and Race. Ray, whatever, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna we're gonna jump topics real quick. We're gonna go from Batman and comic books to our other love, Star Trek. Okay. So oh, before we do, I oh, want up? everybody to read Titan book called um, Blade Runner 2019. If you enjoyed the Blade Runner series, you definitely will enjoy this comic. Uh, Blade Runner was a movie with Harrison Ford that came right. out in the 80s. Right. And then maybe about Based three. on a, um, oh God, Philip K. Dick book called um, Do Androids Dream. Okay. So you heard that uh, Android's Dream was the architect for Blade Runner. Right. And a lot of um, Philip K. Dick was a science fiction writer. Um, he wrote a lot of the movies that you've seen. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's uh, Dark Scanner. Uh, what's another one? Um, oh, sh- um, Man in the High Castle. You know, he's a, a Minority Report. 
Oh, uh, so that was a book, and then it also turned into a movie with Tom Cruise. Right, but the book is totally different. But the issues that you deal with in terms of you had an organization and maintaining the organization, and it's... It was really good Definitely stuff. smoke some weed when you read him, man. Okay. He's that kind of writer, and he was a big drug head, too. I'll check it out. I'll tell you this much, Owen, before we go into Star Trek. When I was reading Bat- the last issue of Tom King's run, I was, uh, no, it was when they killed Alfred. So it was a couple of issues prior. I remember I was smoking a spliff and I almost fucking dropped the spliff on the couch when I saw that Bane snap Alfred's neck in front of Damien. Yo, I, I think everybody Fuck. would, that that really, but. Fuck, that was almost a thing, But here's the thing, I think, and I hate to say it, Alfred needed to die for Bruce to move forward. Oh. Because I think as long as Alfred was in his life, he would not stepped up to realize that he has a family and he and Catwoman, Catwoman is a new matriarch. Yeah, the ma- it, 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 she is new <laughs> matriarch. And, but that could not have been done if, if Alfred, Alfred was, was there. Alive. Right. I got you. And that shit made I mean, me and cry. it is painful. Alfred's been in my life for 30 years, man. Ooh, if you 30, how long you been in my life? Shit. So, okay, so now we're going to talk about Star Trek real quick. Um, you and I recently watched the D Space Nine documentary. Love we, it, love it, love it. What we uh, what we left behind, which um, for those of you who are Star Trek D Space Nine fans, that title was a, a play on what the last episode of the seventh season, which was the final season of D Space Nine, which was called What, we, what You Leave Behind. Um, that documentary was amazing. Amazing. But, Pop, tell me about your love for Star Trek and why you love Deep Space Nine so much. Okay. I don't know if my love for Star Trek is not for the original Star Trek. I'm old enough to remember when it came on on Fridays. It didn't really phase me. I I thought uh, um, I became aware of Star Trek um, as I got older and I caught it in syndication. Um, Star Trek uh, Next Generation wasn't bad. I enjoyed different episodes. I enjoyed the Klingon episodes where the Klingons was dealing with. I enjoyed the Borg. I thought that was good. Some of the issues that they raised about sexuality and gender and stuff like that wasn't bad. Um, But I'm a big, big Deep Space Nine fan. I'm a fan because uh, it was more sophisticated. It was episodic. You know, it was like X-Men used to be when you had Chris Claremont. Chris Ooh, Claremont, if you classics. sat and read X-Men, you had to follow. When you followed it, you had you couldn't just jump into when he was writing it because everything was built on every other issue. <coughs> so it was important for you to really read it and, and understand it. But the bad thing is that there was no jumping points on. What I enjoyed about um, Deep Space Nine, this was a black man, a single father, and being a father who loves his children, that's something that you never see. You always see the mother involvement, but very rarely do you see a father's involvement. Um, he was a thinking man. He was a, a man of action, and he was totally different from Picard, and he was totally different from Kirk. From Kirk. He wasn't a womanizer like Kirk, and no. he wasn't exactly a poet or an or, uh, archaeologist like Picard or a diplomat like Picard. Right. And I just think he, you know, I just love the interaction between he and Jake. Who was um, uh, played by Chirac Lifton, Clifton. It, so it was my favorite. But then the other thing is 
I don't think they touched upon in the um, documentary is that um, Cisco was the god that was created. So if you watch the episode, his father and mother comes from Bajor. Well, his father's earthling. earthling, But the father and mother, he impregnates her. And then he ends up being the emissary for the for the um for the Bajoran. Bajoran and Bajoran world. So it was almost like the whole concept of God, and he was a god in terms of of that. Um, I I just enjoyed the series as a, as a black man. I enjoyed the series as a, as a Star Trek fan. I enjoyed the series as a father. You know, I mean, th- those were some of the powerful scenes and, and things that I enjoyed. Okay, and plus I enjoyed Hawk in space. I used to watch him. All right, you with, gotta you gotta let our viewers our viewers our listeners know who Hawk is. And okay, there was a series called um, Spencer for Hire. Spent, thank you, Spencer for Hire, and Avery Books is centered in Boston. It was written by Robert B. Parker, and it's a series of book where Spencer's a private detective, but he's also, uh, I believe, uh, a scholar in terms of literature. So he has a supporting cast called Hawk. And Hawk was- He uh, was Shaft, dog. Yeah, he was Shaft <laughs> in Boston. And if, you know, if you've been to Boston, you know it's an Irish city. It's a very white city. But everybody respected Hawk. Hawk was a man of his word. And um, I really enjoy seeing Hawk in space, that whole character. And it always seems like when he pulled out his gun, the gun was longer, you know. It, it was, was like a magnum. Right, like a right, 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 right. Magnum. And then they did a Hawk series where he was in A DC. man called Hawk. That's where yes. he was actually from. I actually got into that show in college. Did you really? Yeah, I used to come on fun. TV okay. One. Um, even though that show kind of predates me. Because I was born, well, Spencer for Hire predates me, but a man called Hawk came on in in the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Um, Yeah, you know, I do my due diligence in this mug sometimes. No, I know you do. Um, I I, I really do. So I got into it in college, and I was like, damn, that's the cat from Star Trek. And I, I, man, and once you hear Avery Brooks, man, Avery Brooks is like the GOAT, in my opinion, also. As a big Star Trek fan, um, you know, I grew up watching TNG with my pops. And what, it used to come on Saturday nights, right? Yes, it did. Come on Saturday nights at like 8 o'clock. And, and then um, we would watch Star Trek because it was almost, yeah. It was back the, uh, to back. Right, it was like back to back. And it we watched it as a family. Yeah. And uh, I never grew out of Star Trek. And um, like I said, Pops and I, we watched the documentary and it was just, it's amazing. Like, Was it yesterday? Yeah. No, no two no, days ago. Two, two days. days ago. And when we was watching it, um, you know, I'd been trying to get them to watch it with me for the longest time and just being able to watch it with them and just talk about our favorite episodes. Like dad and I agree that um, there was this one episode called Far Beyond the Stars, which was directed by Avery Brooks. Ooh, that's an and excellent episode. that episode deals with times back in the 1940s. If, uh, Where, was, in terms of he was a science fiction writer, right? You couldn't be a colored a black guy, right? You couldn't be a colored science fiction writer or a writer. Period. Um, and it just showed what it was like for our people back then, and just just to to see it shift back and forth, you know, towards the beginning, you start to see like, okay, is this the you know is what's going on with him the dream, or is Cisco the dream? And that's kind of what you're left Ooh, wondering. That, that's it, very at excellent. the at end. end 
And because he's like, well, I'm starting to wonder, is Benny Russell the dreamer and is Cisco the dream or is Cisco the dream and Benny Russell the dreamer? And you start to, like, after that episode, you kind of start to realize, like, oh, shit, this was really fucking deep. Um, And I just, I really enjoyed it. And I think that uh, at least Deep Space Nine is something that, you know, everybody should check out. If everybody was to ask me, you know, which Star Trek you should jump onto in order for you to become a fan, I'm going to tell you Deep Space Nine. Um, At least when you watch Deep Space Nine, you can appreciate Next Generation for what it is. And then through watching Next Generation, you can kind of, once you start watching the original series, you can kind of appreciate it. The only series that I never really got into, Voyager, right? It just seemed like real. <laughs> it was. It wasn't all that great. I can barely watch Voyager sometimes. You know, I, I just really have to be bored, and there's nothing else <laughs> for me to watch. Um, Enterprise is really was good. I and, and I Enterprise. think Enterprise had a good because it was the beginning of Archer and Archer the who was the first. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought it was it was a good series. I wish it had continued. And Discovery was really good. I enjoyed Discovery. Discovery, Discovery. Star Trek Discovery. Oh, I enjoy the fuck out of that shit. Yeah. And I'm Second looking forward to great. Picard. Yeah, Picard was great. And we're actually going to have to talk about that soon because we're actually running, getting ready to run out of time. And the comic. There's a comic if you're really looking forward to Picard that kind of leads up to, to what's, going, what's on. going on in Picard and his failed mission to um, save uh, the Romulans. The Romulans and the indigenous people, the Romulans, because the Romulans is like, fuck them, you know, save us, don't worry about these people. And then you're going to lock this motherfucker up. The motherfucker that's trying to save you, you're going to Right, right, right. And then Bacard is like saying, no, I can't do that. We said everybody. And Mm -hmm. it's just an interesting series, an interesting read. Um, And I have to, okay. But, um, guys, we're actually going to run out of time. And this, this trait was really fun. Well, we got to do a part two, man. Oh, well, thank you, guys. This is two and dead.